This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. got the round table of badasses here. Luke Summers, John Wellborn, Tex McQuilkin, Callie Hinsman. What's happening? What What's is happening? Up? Yo. Hello. Well, shit. What's up with the uh, Power Athlete Headquarters? What's some of the new gossip coming out of HQ? Well, I feel like it's an episode of Seinfeld because we're waiting for the internet guy. He's supposed to be here between 8 a.m. and 12 a.m. So we have like a 24-hour period. We're just sitting and waiting. Uh, and I guess with our luck, he's probably going to show up during the recording. But yeah, oh, 100%. That's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. But uh, other than that, man. Uh, it's a flurry of activity. <laughs> that's a fun. <laughs> we're getting a lot done. Yeah, I don't know. John, I mean, do you want to talk about 2014 and what's on the horizon? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, but, you know, as you guys might have noticed on the CrossFit football site, there is a new kind of banner. You're going to see a new logo, a helmet with a little power athlete skull on it that says uh, January 1st, 2014. And that is the launching of the new CrossFit football site that has been in process for about five years. I think we had a site update coming soon banner up for about three years and then people got mad about it. So we just took it down. But uh, there's a lot of big changes happening over here across the Football Power Athlete HQ. Uh, not only is the new site launching, but all of a sudden our interactive uh, society, our, our, our ecosystem and our paid back end and our, our for pay training. And there's a lot of really, really cool, uh, you know, I, th I think you guys are going to trip out when you see this new CrossFit football site. It's uh, interactive. It has some really, really cool features that we've been working on for a long time. And we have a lot of exciting things coming out. Me personally, uh, I'm finishing up a bunch of program for the site. And uh, we have a cookbook that we're working on with Paleo Comfort Foods. Um, and, you know, we, geez, you know, we uh, are building out the new CrossFit or uh, Power Athlete office. So we can actually have our own soundstage and our own studio to film all the videos and start really moving this direction. So, uh, Callie and uh, Tex and Luke and everybody has been hammering real hard to try to get all this information. We just got back from Oklahoma and Hawaii as well. And, uh, geez, Christmas is about a week away, and I didn't even realize it. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things that we're going to have on that CrossFit football site is a find a coach feature. Because, John, how many emails do you think we get a day where, hey, do you have – are there any CrossFit football affiliates in – uh, Miami. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've, we've got thousands of emails from people following the site that want to one, find somebody in their area that's doing it. And two, want to find coaches that are certified in the CrossFit football power athlete method. So, uh, years ago we started collecting this data and when the new site launches, there'll be a really cool section where it says, find a coach and be a global match or a map. And you'll be able to, you know, log into your area. Find somebody in your area that has uh, been to the seminar, that is, uh, you know, big in the community. And instead of just merely asking on the message boards, like, hey, who in this area is doing CrossFit football, you'll be able to find the people, contact them, get in there and, uh, you know, reap the benefits of the power athlete system. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, but it's, you know, it's been a lot of work over the past five weeks. It's come together, though. 
It's a beautiful thing. Thing of beauty. <laughs> but uh, Denny, what's going on in Chicago? Man, we're just piling it with snow, dude. Snow everywhere. I guess it kind of puts you in the Christmas spirit. But uh, the roads are bad. It, it just sucks. It sucks. But, you know, you kind of live with it. You get used to it. It gives you thick blood. Tech, same, cold weather. Tech, same thing on the East Coast? Uh, no, it's clearing up, but I'm actually going back home tomorrow. Start doing some uh, some lobbying. We got three certs in Texas, so we're going to start getting on the horn, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing that thing for the certs. Strap on the cowboy boots, fire, you know, click the spurs and go, right? <laughs> That's right. That's how so, we talk. Hey, uh, you like country and western music? Tex? Oh, yeah. Big it can time. be yeah. old school stuff. Nothing they play on the radio, though. I, I like country music. I don't know how high I am on western music. I don't know. What is, what's the difference between <laughs> country and western? Country. We have country and western music here. <laughs> it's a Blues Brothers. That's right. We got That's both right. kinds. Yeah, we got both kinds of music. We have country and western. <laughs> fantastic movie all right so how was the hawaii seminar Callie? i should ask you that because <laughs> you were uh, fired up about going there with with wellborn yeah it was awesome it went really really well uh we had a smaller group there but the group was pretty engaged and the host was awesome uh, i'd never been to hawaii before so just to even kind of be there and experience it um, off seminar hours was pretty awesome. Had some of the best seafood of my entire life. Um, and, but other than that, yeah, it was, uh, everything went to plan. Everything went well. Um, what can I say, John, what do you think? Uh, I think it was a really good seminar. We had an awesome group. I think it was probably one of the better groups we've ever had in terms of programming. Uh, yes. Kelly got up there and did the programming talk and uh, gave a lot of great information. Uh, it wasn't exactly as I would have done it, but it was good. And more importantly, the group had some of the best programming. So I had to go home and rethink my own expectations. Exactly. That you know, the, you can't argue with results. Exactly. I mean, that's it. We're, you know, here at Power Earth HQ, we're all about performance. We're all about results. You know, uh, you can talk about a theoretical, but without, uh, you know, real world, you know, performance, it's worthless. So uh, she came in and got some real world performance. Everybody did great. Uh, the group was engaged. They all were good movers. They all squatted. They all did everything really well. Uh, we were actually able to change up the final workout and yeah. add had prowler sprints in and it was great uh we were doing like a like a prowler push to a sprint back and one of the girls who had flown in from guam who was uh real real solid she like all of a sudden pushes this you know prowler with three plates on it real low and all of a sudden she takes a step to go sprint back and just goes down and i mean <laughs> just yeah quads just completely, okay yeah her, okay. her, her, her three p three p her quads were blown out, but uh, they had a huge piece of turf. So literally she just goes down like her legs just give out and like, like gets to her feet, pops back up because of course we work on our, uh, you know, challenging athletic position with our uh, athletic burpee uh, pops right up and takes off sprinting. And I was like, look at that praxis. I so, will say granted, she was pushing the prowler way faster uh, than all the guys. And she at was the same weight. at the same weight. So, so I, I give her credit for that. Yeah, no, she did great. Uh, everybody was really good. And um, we got to eat some good food. We got to go to a local Hawaiian place that serves like, uh, you know, like traditional Hawaiian food. And that was really solid. Uh, and then we went to a sushi restaurant and 
when we first got there on Friday night, everything in town was closed because Hawaii closes at seven o'clock at night. So we found one, <laughs> one, one place to eat. And then um, we stayed at a cool hotel. Uh, the gym was amazing. I don't know if you guys have been to CrossFit Oahu, but they're probably right around 13 to 15,000 square feet of probably we always say this. It's probably the nicest CrossFit gym I've ever seen in terms of like equipment. I mean, they had everything. Like oh, there was such random stuff. They had all this crazy grip stuff. It was pretty yeah. awesome. They had cargo nets. They had, uh, you know, a, a full Olympic lifting, uh, everything. They had, uh, everything that you could imagine. It's like they went in and bought like the West side starter kit or advanced kit with everything from the reverse hypers to every single bar. I mean, they had everything for strong man. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and they, I think they had, right around 30 yards of turf by probably about 20 yards wide. So, I mean, they had a huge, huge spot of turf and it was great. They pushed prowlers, did a lot of stuff. So, uh, the gym was great. Uh, we had a great experience and we were super stoked and always loved going out and seeing our friends out there. How's OKC? How's OKC guys? Cold. Cold. Uh, let's see what else Tex. <laughs> uh, some kick-ass barbecue. Right. Yeah. yeah you guys had a um, uh, a former NFL player that was there that wrote us a really nice review and was really psyched on the program. So that was super cool. Yeah, his name was Kenyatta. He said that he told us like right out of the gate, um, you know, as part of the seminar, we asked, you know, why you're here? What have you done? All that type of thing. And he's like, uh, actually, you know, I played I played in the NFL for a few years, played against John uh, and Tex. What did he say? Like, you know, he knew he could play football. He coached football. He could tell people how to play football, but he couldn't like he just didn't know how to put it together in terms of training. Yeah. And how to talk kids through it. You know, it came too natural for him. So he didn't know really the best way to approach kind of teaching kids how to play football. Yeah. So, it was, you know, it's always interesting to have that perspective there. Uh, a guy who's been, <laughs> who's walked through the door and, and ran the gamut of strength and conditioning through uh through a lot for a very different experience than most of our attendees who who come from either uh, you know getting into this through like joining a local CrossFit affiliate or or they run their own CrossFit gym, but uh, when it comes to, when it came down to our coach's responsibility lecture and we were talking about you know John how you you tell the story about what strength and conditioning in season at the Eagles where you walk into a whiteboard with a big one two or three on it and then like a a two by 10 or five by 10 or whatever, you know, he just started laughing because it, it was a very similar, similar protocol for him. Uh, Tex, you remember who we played for? Uh, yeah. Jets and uh, someone else. It's getting my mind, but they played Philly. So played against John Wings on Philly. So that was, it was just good there. And then uh, what was the, what was the barbecue place we went to? Leo's Leo's Friday night. Yeah. We went to Leo's Friday night. We got, uh, uh, I guess it was featured on it was featured on dives, diners, and drive-ins or whatever. And uh, we got the the meal for four. And uh, the lady's like, "Are you sure? Who else is coming?" And we're like, "No, we're good. We got it. We'll take care of it." And the only thing we weren't able to put down is the fried bologna. Couldn't do it. Rocking carnivore shorts, shirt. So, yeah, couldn't do it. But uh, then the, then the summer was good. You know, uh, we were at Coda CrossFit. Uh, Chad Hamilton's out there. He he came to our seminar in Oklahoma last year, and he he was able to shoot a lot of the seminar. So we're gonna have a ton of uh, ton of his picks up there uh, on our on the Facebook page and Instagram and stuff like that. So it was nice to visit with him, and it was all good, man. So seminars were good. We're done for the year. Now it's time to recalibrate. 
Got a big year coming up. Yeah, man. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to take care of on Power Athlete HQ. Uh, lots of stuff to take care of on CrossFit football. All the seminars are basically booked except for Dallas and Philly. We're finalizing those in, in the next week or so. But uh, yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. But enough about us, Denny. Let's let's see what people what people want to know from us. Well, Drew Samplasky, I hope I said that name right. He emailed HQ. Uh, he says, guys, I've been reading a lot lately about Mike Tushier's reactive training system revolving around rate of perceived exertion. And it has me curious. Understanding that most of his clients are power lifters. I was wondering if he had any insight or opinions on how this and whether this type of training could be implemented into the intermediate and advanced level power athletes programming. Thank you. Uh, do you guys want me to take this one? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, what's, it's always interesting when people ask us questions about other programs and without effectively uh, doing the program or us actually, uh, you know, going through it and doing, you know, doing it for, te you know, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 weeks or having somebody that's done the program, I don't know, necessarily know how to effectively evaluate the program because all I'm going to do is, is look and read online and give you my, you know, uh, expert opinion. But you know what, when I clicked online and we started reading through the information, uh, you know, what I always look for is I always look for testimonials. I always look for success. I always look for numbers and I always look for a method. And the guy meets all the uh, requirements for it. I mean, he says on there, this is a program for advanced power lifters. Um, the thing you have to remember is when you start talking about rate of exertion and perceived rate of exertion, you need to be a fairly trained and advanced athlete to actually be honest with how hard something was. So if I go in and I know I squat 700 pounds and I go in one day and I'm having a great day and I come in and I hit like 690 for a single and I break blood vessels in my neck and it's one of my, you know, a tough lift. I know that's going to be a nine or a 10. You bring in a beginning athlete, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to tell you whether or not it was a, an exerted lift. I mean, we do our linear progression because we don't trust inherent periodization for our beginning athletes. So uh, we build inherent periodization and really cycle the program based on rec maxes and timing. And we kind of play with the same type of deal. But um, I think for a program like this, uh, you know, for us to accurately be able to give you information or feedback on what we think we're going to have to do the program and really get into it. But just based on the reading, it's an advanced program for advanced power lifters. And when you start talking about asking an athlete for their perceived rate of exertion, that individual needs to be extremely uh, well-trained and have a ton of reps under the bar, the ability to differentiate between a six and a seven and how hard was this? Do I got one more rep in the tank? Um, you know, takes a lot of knowing who you are as an athlete and a lot of reps underneath the bar. And, you know, people that are in that amateur and even the collegiate program don't have that many reps under the bar to be able to actually give me that perception. Uh, we talk about the seminar. They did a cool study a bunch of years ago where they ask people, they put a bunch of weights in a room and ask people to go in there and pick a weight in a rep range that they believed would get them strong. Of the, you know, thousands of people they tested, nobody got it right. 
everybody's was, you know, a light to moderate weight and they did it for a ton of reps, not realizing that strength is built over that 85% range. So, um, it's, uh, it's a tricky program and you know what, um, I'm always a big fan of actually using a program for what it's designed for. The problem is in, it seems like in everything, everybody's trying to bastardize everything to work for it. Uh, you know, his program uh, obviously works a ton of people try it, a ton of people work with it. It gets guys really strong and it's for advanced powerlifting. You're interested in, in doing the powerlifting stuff you know there is you know programs like this to use and i think they have value but uh trying to adapt something with a rate of percept or a perceived rate of, in of intensity or, or exertion uh, i think you are pissing in the wind if you are going to try to do that with a beginner so not to say you can't do it but it's going to take a high level of coaching and your coach being extremely well tuned to who you are as a lifter how hard that was how well you do it and um you know at the end of the day i'm sure the program works it looks like a fun program and uh you know it's a four day a week it, it has a kind of a a squat variation a deadlift variation and he does a you know a lot of uh you know horizontal pushing a lot of bench press and a lot of assistance work so um you know it has all the right makings of a really solid program and um that's kind of my opinion on it so are we gonna have to test this out <laughs> that's nice. is, that, is that what you're telling me no we got some other stuff to test i mean maybe down the road we'll test it out but uh as it fits today uh you know no this is this looks pretty good so john you still going to the uh the global gyms and doing doing that um just that different work that you were talking about a month or yeah. so ago yeah, I mean, I, I still, uh, yeah, yes and no. Uh, I've, I've literally, because all this home construction and all the work stuff, my uh, I've really cut down my workouts to about two to three days a week. And um, I just haven't, you know, I've been going in there and doing some stuff when I can. I just haven't had a ton of time. Uh, you know, we got some construction done in our house. They just uh, uh, finished putting a new roof on the house and we've been getting our bathroom worked on. And so I've been having to deal with some workers and, and a lot of stuff, you know, the wife deals with the kids and I got to deal with all the home stuff. So between that and, uh, you know, all this stuff we're doing for Power Athlete, my time is in definitely crunched but yeah I'm, I'm really hoping we can get this stuff finished up and uh hopefully um next week i can jump back into the grind five six days a week and get it going so we, we got a lot of really cool programming to to test um I'm almost putting the finishing touches on 14 weeks of, uh, of, of programming that I think is, is going to be really, really exciting. I know Luke and Callie and everybody's excited to give it a try. It's, uh, it's got some really fun elements and you know, it's, it's, it's different than anything they've done and anything anybody's seen really in the power athlete. It's really a evolution of the power athlete template, uh, and really periodizing the program in that we're going into a really cool hypertrophy kind of power phase. And then there's going to be some really other really cool things. So it's gonna be 14 weeks of a lot of fun. Sounds well, badass. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be in, and it's gonna be different. I mean, uh, when this programming comes out, it's gonna it's gonna have application guidelines, so you don't lose interpretation of what the objective is for that given day, within the cycle, within the week, understanding what has passed and what is coming up next. You know, so it's gonna be it's gonna be unlike anything else out there. Cool. Cool. All right, well, we got another uh, radio submission in from Greg Bins. Uh, I apologize, Greg, you sent us a huge email, so I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, but basically, he's wondering about how CrossFit football's program transfers into soccer. Uh, what he's saying is basically soccer seems to be more of a leg sport, and he's wondering if 
y'all could talk about what advantage um, upper body strength has in a game like soccer. So maybe you guys could talk about, you know, your opinions on that. I know a few episodes back, Ben kind of touched on that a little bit, but, um, you know, maybe you'd have some more insight to help this guy out. Uh, if you think soccer is merely just a sport of your legs, I think you are living a fantasy. I mean, the, uh, uh, you know, soccer is all about change of direction. All soccer is all about sprinting and running and, and being able to move in space. And, uh, you know, the body works as a complete system. And if you're not training your arms, I mean, that's like asking Olympic sprinters, uh, Hey, you know what? You guys are only sprinting. Why do you train your upper bodies? And I guarantee you watch the Olympics. Every one of those sprinters, sprinters steps up there and they're in short, you know, uh, tank tops and those dudes are all gunned up, big traps, big back. So the body doesn't work independently. It's not like, well, you know, I have a sport that's only predicated on uh, soccer. I can't use my hands, so therefore I'm not going to train my legs. I mean, that that mode of thinking is so archaic and so backwards, I, I don't even process it. So, I mean, you think about the uh, a body's ability to generate force in terms of arm swing, strong shoulders, strong biceps, uh, the ability to change direction and move, and that, you know, flexibility, strength. I mean, the body works as a complete system. So, uh, you know, we also say that speed can be taught in the weight room by, you know, allowing somebody to learn proper position and posture through full range of motion mo through full range of motion of our primal movements and you know of the three primals lower body there's four upper body so that vertical push horizontal push horizontal pull horizontal uh, a pull um, you know individuals need to be strong you need to be a complete system and train your body as a whole so the idea of just well I play soccer I don't need to train my upper body um, I think is uh, uh, just a terrible mode of thinking so uh, I'm surprised we actually got that question but uh, it's always good to get good ones like that and just to you know to reiterate ben's comments whenever this comes up at the cert or even in the previous podcast uh he what's he he's like 30 pounds heavier than he was uh in, in college or something right john like he put on like 20 or 30 pounds and he's bigger and faster than he really has ever been in his competitive levels and he said that his ability to just charge through groups of people or win headers and uh you know like it all went up directly correlated to his strength and his weight so you know he's he looks back and he's you know the classic if i knew then what i knew now uh you know, it wasn't always about leaning out and having the quickest feet. It's about the whole system, just to kind of reiterate. So, Tech, so uh, do you have any opinion on that? I mean, I know you you come from a lacrosse background, right? Yeah, two sports are similar kind of conditioning-wise. But um, like John said, moving through sports. Base. So if you're only doing leg work, a big thing we stress at the seminar is your ability to separate your shoulders from your hips. So that, I mean, that is kind of the upper body involved in athleticism. So if you're playing defense in soccer, if you're boxing somebody out, if you're jumping, doing anything, your, your shoulders have to be involved. So, I mean, just neglecting it because it doesn't appear to be involved, that's, that's kind of a, a mistake. I mean, he should... Uh, just like we say, test, retest, kind of uh, attack the arm swing. See if that gets him faster just by improving his arm, arm swing, strength. All right. You know, it kind of, uh, 
I don't know if I'm well, I'm sure you guys are aware of uh, the kings of Prussia, right? The Klokov and Ilya Ilin and a couple of the other Russian guys who I can't pronounce their names are going across doing their, you know, doing their seminars. And I've just kind of read a couple write-ups. And one thing that these guys are preaching is like it's bodybuilding, basically bodybuilding. Like wow! So, Danny, yeah. so so when we talked about GPP a few times ago, and when I asked people, I'm like, "What do you think the Russian Olympic lifting team? What do you think the uh, Chinese Olympic lifting team do for their GPP work?" And people were confused. And I said to them, "I was like, they do bodybuilding and they do some basic gymnastics movements." We even yeah. said, "Hey, take a look at Klokov. Do you honestly believe that Klokov doesn't do some classic bodybuilding? Look how jacked that dude is." Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's great that they're coming out and saying it. And it's ridiculous that people don't think that those guys do classic bodybuilding. I mean, the bodybuilding assistance work has been really the bread and butter for a lot of these guys for years. I mean, you think about, uh, they do their training, all their SVP movements, they're going to need to do something that's, you know, uh, you know, juxtapose that stuff. And they do a lot of classic bodybuilding stuff. You look at all cloak cost things. This is what he does. Why do you think, why do you think like here in the States, people, people don't do that? Well, I guess let's just take weightlifters, right? Why don't like these guys are saying, Hey, you got to have bigger biceps, you know, you got to have well, a bigger chest. And it's like, here well, you, it's, you know, you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, that's, well, that's bodybuilding. Well, it's probably, um, you know, maybe it's, I, I, I have no idea, but I, uh, I'd like to believe that, um, you know, the Russians are pretty far in terms of the weightlifting. I think they just, um, you know, have gotten so snapped or so really focused on snatch, clean and jerk. And that's all you got to do. And really, that's all you really need to do. But what's good is with these guys coming out here, uh, you know, it's, it's letting people really see what these guys are doing for their training. I mean, they were just across at Oahu. And I remember talking to Brian and they're actually here in L.A. I was supposed to go up to their seminar. But, you know, with all the, the BS that's going on here at my house, I wasn't able to go. Um, but, uh, you know, the big thing they talked about was, you know, uh, you know, pause squats and being able to sit in the bottom and, uh, making sure you're hitting all your assistance work and doing some bodybuilding stuff. And, you know, I guess Klokov, uh, I think he ended up, uh, Brian was saying that he pressed like 335 for a couple reps and said his best press was like 375. I mean, he said the guy is just super, super strong. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it's what they do. They do their basic movements. They do their bodybuilding assistance work. I mean, Dude, are you, if you're telling me Klokov looks the way he does, just doing snatch, clean, and jerk, I'm going to call bullshit, dude. The guy is, you know, trained like a bodybuilder, super strong, super flexible, works his ass off, and you know, it, it is what it is. But I mean, looking at a lot of the of the or of the Russian stuff, and more importantly, a lot of the Chinese stuff, you can even look in the back of the videos. These guys are in there doing dips and dumbbell bench, and they're doing a lot of classic bodybuilding movements. So that's really been their GPP work for a long, long time. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, for football players, too, uh, you know, what, what do football players do for their GPP work? They do some bodybuilding, they do some powerlifting, they do some Olympic lifting, they do a blend of all this stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just I, I don't know where people kind of lost sight. I mean, what's what's great is that everything new is old. You know, everybody goes, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, nobody's doing this. I'm going to do this. And it, realistically, man, it's uh, there's nothing new. It's just a matter of where you find it. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully these guys, uh, you know, really bring some great information and there'll be a ton of cross people there and or cross it people there. And I'm waiting to see now people adding bodybuilding 
some powerlifting, Olympic lifting, and some metabolic conditioning, and effectively they will be training like power athletes, which is what we're kind of been preaching for a long, long time. Yeah. They're also saying uh, Americans spend too much time watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, you kind of miss all the coaching or all the history that – you know, if you're sitting here watching just the elite lifters and you're, you're trying to mimic what they're what they do, it's just not going to work. Well, I mean, uh, the hard thing is, is that, um, you know, to really train and be a, you know great at any sport, one, you need a coach and two, you need a really good training environment. There's a reason that the best people, you know, will come out of certain places and there's two or three guys and there's competition. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, coach Abijayev wrote a great article that talks about competition and training that making sure all of your best guys are all training at one time. So every day is a daily competition. And, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that these guys do are, you know, them trying to one up each other and being like, I did this, I'm going to do this. And that's how people get better. I mean, the, you know, the guy who's, you know, training by himself in the Rocky basement who, you know, I don't think that's always a benefit. Um, you know, that's why, you know, when I played, we always went to training facilities with other professional athletes and you know, got to compete against guys in the off season that were guys I would compete against during the season. So, um, you know, I think people get, and we, we talked about this time and the, the actual direct quote is people get completely wrapped around the axle of minutia. Um, you know, Stan Efferding made a comment once. He's like, I've never seen a bigger group of people more focused on the 1% than the 99%. Like everybody wants to argue about all these little, little pieces, this little bit of minutia. At the end of the day, you know, just go to the gym, lift some weights. What are you going to do? I don't know, but it's got to be hard. I mean, like you start kind of breaking this stuff down and, you know, you can make it as technical and as uh, complex as you want. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be that complex. I mean, you can go back and look at like what Bill Starr talked about or even Scrawny Debrani and, you know, uh, you know, Mark Ripto. I mean, uh, all of these programs where people have gotten legitimately strong. I mean, the, the stuff I'm most excited to see is, uh, you know, Milanichev and a lot of what those guys are doing in Russia for their powerlifting stuff. I mean, those guys are squatting heavy, you know, handling heavily pound, uh, poundages and training. They're banging their weights. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they squat, you know, more than once or two days a week. I mean, you know, they take days off. They, you know, they don't take days off. I mean, it, it's really about finding what works for you as an individual. And the problem is, is that I believe most people, at least here in the States, uh, have uh, training ADD. There's too many options. There's too many programs. Everybody is this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they never really stick to anything. Um, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, if I do something for three or four weeks, how am I effectively going to say it works or doesn't work? And, uh, you know, you got to be able to stick something out and you got to be able to, you know, follow a method and follow it for years. And, you know, those guys, the, the Russian guys that are coming over, hopefully they, you know, give some good ideas about, you know, hey, stay the course. This is the goal. This is where you're going. This is what you need to do. And this is where you got to fix your, uh, uh, you know, fix your problems. So. Um, no, I'm excited that these guys have come out. I, th I think it's a great opportunity. I'm sad I didn't get to go up and hear him speak. I would have loved to have seen him train. And, uh, but, you know, sometimes having a family and all that stuff gets in the way of what you really want, you know, some of the more important stuff. Now, John, do you think there's a risk, too, that these are arguably some of the best in their class in the world and people are just going to immediately try to replicate what they're doing, not uh, getting their feet under them? And, you know, like Jesse Burdick said on our podcast, spending their their three to five to ten years on five by five island 
Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, people will always see uh, this is what's kind of interesting with that, with that, per, uh, you know, uh, perceived rate of excursion we were talking about earlier is very few people are really honest with themselves about, you know, their level of adaptation. Do I have the genetic adaptation to be able to go out and train at this high level? I mean, obviously, Klokov and a lot of these guys are some of the world's best Olympic lifters. Now, are they the world's best because they've been doing it the longest? Have they trained harder? I mean, what are the factors? I mean, obviously, they had a certain set of genetic gifts that they matured from a very young age that's allowed them to be these athletes. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we talk about the seminar when people start asking about programs, you can't look at what the best guy in the world is doing because that individual has a certain amount of a skill set that you don't have. That's like looking at Usain Bolt's training program and being like, great, if I do Usain Bolt's training program, I should be able to run, you know, as you know, I should be able to take six, six tenths of a second off of my, uh, my four or my hundred meters, you know, at my highest level. So, uh, but we know that's not the case. Um, you know, it becomes this kind of age old deal that, you know, you can't always look at what's best. But the thing I love about the Russian guys, which is so different than anybody else, is those dudes aren't afraid of hard work. Those guys will be as honest as you can and being like, uh, you know, you might train every single day and kill yourself and you're still not going to get there. But it doesn't mean you're not going to try. And uh, everything they talked about was, you know, frequency. Uh, you know, you got to do this every day. This, this isn't something that you can work on three days a week. You have to do this seven days a week. You have to get training time in. Uh, you know, you have to have a coach. You have to compete. You know, you can't be afraid to squat these days and or squat every day. And, uh, you know, that's what Olympic lifters do. So um, hopefully they, uh, you know, come over. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with offering people, hey, this is what we did and this is what works for us. And at the end of the day, people will try it. People will hopefully have great success with it and, you know, go on and be the best. But, you know, if they don't, it doesn't mean that they can't try for it. But I always think it is a little dangerous when you start asking about, like, some, you know, what some of the best people are doing. It's kind of like you had that uh, other NFL player at the deal this weekend. And he said, he's like, I, I know what I did, but fortunately what I did isn't what's going to help these kids get to where they need to go. I need a system. I need to put some stuff in place. I mean, Roth was the best for it where he said, you know, when he started talking to strength coaches, he never wanted to know about their best athlete. He always wanted to know about the one guy that was a walk on that nobody wanted that developed into this great player and that your system could develop because the best players in the world are still going to be the best players in the world. And, you know, and you know, it's kind of like uh, when Texas was down to Texas um, they were talking to him about Brian Arapahoe, and this is what Brian Arapahoe did. Obviously, Brian Arapahoe had a certain set of skill set that you know allowed him to flourish, but everybody else in that program did not get those same gains. So, how did that go? What uh, somebody at the seminar asked about Brian Arapahoe's? <clears throat> no, no. Uh, when Tex was down in Texas, they kept, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mad Dog and, and some of the other coaches kept referring to Brian Arapahoe as being, hey, this guy came out of our program and he's really the poster child. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm not interested in seeing what your first rounder, what that best guy did. Give me the guy that came here as a walk on that nobody wanted that, you know, begged his way on the team. And then he developed. I mean, I remember uh, Scott Fujita, who played for 12 years, was a walk on to our Cal team. And was a good player as a young guy, walked on, you know, got in academically and flourished in Coach Rice's system and then went on to be a, a draft pick and a starter in the Super Bowl and played 12 years and be a great linebacker. And I played with him in Kansas City and played with him in college. And you know what? There's a guy that built himself up. And I think that's a mark of a program more so than a guy that's a can't miss. Gotcha. Yeah, just interesting how they measure success is how many people turn pro versus how far 
they progress guys. Even if those guys didn't go pro, it's where they came in, how far did you take them? But it just becomes kind of uh, NFL players on the wall is sort of success. Or yeah, NBA. did did um uh did Mac Brown uh did he get uh fired or did he somehow make it another year? No, he he resigned. Oh, he did down. resign. So if, if power athletes looking for uh, to move to Austin, take over. Yeah. <laughs> did any idea who they're going to hire? Have they said anything about it? No, nah, it'll be it'll be sometime. Oh, nice. After the bowl game. Yeah. So he stepped down. Who's going to do the uh, uh, who's coaching the bowl game? Uh, he's going to. That's his last game. Oh, wow. So wow. we'll see. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's jumping on the funeral pyre. They must have paid him a lot of money to step down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he made a lot of money coaching. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, he was there for what, 20 years? 16. Wow. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So, all right, what else we got? Well, we got uh, Callie's badass article that she wrote. Um, Callie, you're kind of getting some haters on you. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I had to run out to my Jeep because it started raining here. It's like the second time uh, in five years it's rained in Southern California. And so um, I happened to almost get hit by a car as well running back in, but it's fine. That car almost got hit by Cali. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably got down in a three-point stance and was like, bring it. That's right. Praxis. That's right. Praxis. Uh, so, yeah, I got some haters out there. That's fine. It's to be expected. People sure. are nuts, you know, like they get all nutty on there. I just wrote a simple article about the importance of some of our power polls for performance. And, you know, I love that people geek out on it. But the interesting thing is you'll get some nerds on there who want to talk about shit that I wasn't talking about at all, uh, which is totally fine, because anything that creates do- dialogue is just it's just good news, you know. So <laughs> I enjoy the banter. I enjoy the arguments but um but ultimately yeah i think uh i think most people responded well to it 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 wasn't really a taboo a topic although i did use the term abortion in there which is somewhat taboo right (laughs) so anyway holy pisarenko picture yeah that dude's like freaking just i you know when i went to a usaw uh seminar like the guy who taught it i would a picture came up of Anatoly and he said like that dude now is like involved, like in the Russian mafia or something, you know yeah, what I mean? No, like he owns no, these kind of businesses and, he, and it's real shady. And I'm no, like, come he's, on, man. No, you know, he's, you know he's, the, he's the head of all the lifting federations. So he's got some high, posi- high power position in all the lifting federations. So he's probably got a little bit of stroke. Yeah. Well, I love that picture, uh, the old school picture out there of him like squatting a shit ton ass to the grass in his speedo, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, back in those days, those guys would freaking walk into a gym and just strip down to a speedo, hairy backs. Yeah, that's what Luke, Som- Luke Summers he models his uh, training apparel off of that. So uh, you know, we get some complaints from our members, but. Um, that's all right. That's why we had to get our own facility so that he could continue to wear that type of stuff. Hey, let me tell you, you don't really know what it's like until you've squatted in a Speedo. <laughs> and you never go back. I don't back. think I've ever squatted in a Speedo. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, all the cool kids are doing it. I mean, so spandex, like uh, like full skin spandex, was so last year. This year, it's just straight up speedo. <laughs> Maybe you should come out with a power athlete speedo. I think it'd be awesome. Right across the front, just a big, uh, uh, you know, our big skull right <laughs> on the front. Let, let me just tell you, I, right I believe, I believe we, um, excuse me, if we, I believe we did come up with a power athlete speedo to squat in. I know of a certain demographic of people in D.C., some very close friends of mine who would jump on board uh, if we if we produce that. I'm pretty sure Saul Harris would would uh, purchase it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Saul does love him a speedo. I would make fun of Saul, but he is quite possibly the strongest pound for pound person I know. So he weighs like 120 pounds. He weighs 120 pounds, and, and he's, he's sh- and he's shredded. I, he's got 40 know, inch I mean, biceps. Yeah, like if if he sent us a shirtless picture, he'd probably be up every single day. It'd be the month of Saul. We I'd, Saul I'd have to take that day off. If he sent us a shirtless picture, I'd just take the day off. <laughs> he uh he sent me some training photos for a barefoot article i was writing did he so, yeah I, I can pass those along <laughs> to get on the site he aye, 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 aye. <laughs> you gotta have the power athlete speedo and you gotta come out with a power athlete singlet <laughs> there you go i love it, it, it it's all good 2014 stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know that banner that's on the CrossFit football site? It just only has to do with spandex apparel. <laughs> I fucking love it. Right now I'm on Alibaba looking for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, don't worry. I'll, I'll be on Alibaba. We'll find it. It'll be good. <laughs> I'm almost scared what my Christmas gift's going to be this year now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, a little shout out to Skull Candy. John's friend at Skull Candy sent us a bunch of uh, headsets for uh, the podcasting and just for our listening entertainment, I guess. But uh, but it's pretty Kelly, nice. Kelly, those are your Christmas gifts. I love them. I love them. They're okay, fantastic. Good. Did you see? Like I I I was weeping when you gave them to me. <laughs> Yeah, Callie, so Callie's been using this tin can and string that she plugs into her computer, <laughs> and she's like, these podcasts sound amazing. Hello. The reverb is amazing. Yeah. And she finally uses a pair of, like, premium headsets that, and she's like, this is what sound is supposed to sound like. Or like, yes, welcome yeah. to the fucking new Internet. <laughs> welcome to the internet. It sounds better than actual real in life sound. So I'm <laughs> only going to wear them. <laughs> What the fuck is the internet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob strikes again. Uh, I really like that the internet's a scam and it's totally going to go out of style. It's it's like pockets and zippers. It's not going to last. <laughs> you know, it's going to be done. What so else? what else? Do we have anything else on the thing? What thing? The, the thing. Th- that one thing. The thing that you. Yeah, the docket. The docket. We covered the docket. Right. Now we're just kind of shooting from the hip. Cool. Just Christmas carols from here on Christmas out. Christmas caroling. Um, well, I don't know. We're, we are, our company is having our Christmas party this weekend. And uh, if we survive it and we record another podcast, we'll let you know how all that goes. Um, I also happen to have tickets to a show in, uh, that's going to be right, right down the street from our party called Point Break Live. Oh, yeah. John, you, you know Point Break Live is? Yeah. Where are they holding it? Tiki Bar. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Swear to God. 
Tiki Bar is having Point Break Live. OMG. So for people who don't know what Point Break Live is, it's essentially this uh, kind of traveling entourage of people who who put on these shows and they take attendees or people from the audience. Um, uh, oh, one person it's to come up one person to, to come up and act. Um, and what's his, what, what the fuck's the guy's name? Johnny something. Or Johnny other. Utah. Johnny Utah. So Johnny Kansas. Johnny Kansas. I was Kansas. that Point Break the movie was somehow involved in this. Yeah, so the the whole premise of this thing is like these people are I'm not going to say bona fide actors, but they're they're more so actors than most likely anyone in the audience. Um, so they're trained, they've rehearsed, they know the script, and then there's that one person that they pick out of the audience really that runs Keanu Reeves' character because if you haven't seen the movie, then you might not understand, but he's just the worst actor in the world in that movie stacked up against blockbuster gods like Patrick Swayze and that girl who played Tank Girl. <laughs> Let me Don't just tell you. Busey. Don't and forget Gary Busey. I think, I think Luke, knowing Luke, he's going to go there. He's going to sit in the front row. He's going to wear his pick me shirt that has, he's going to show cleavage. He's going to have his hair and his bro, bro pony, <laughs> his brony. And he's going to pray to God, <laughs> pray to God that he gets chosen. Listen, they're married. He's, he's been watching it every night this week in preparation exactly i told you that in confidence (laughs) erroneous so i probably won't even go because i don't really get the movie not being from california i could care i could care less and i'm sure that's gonna get a lot of hatred but now if it was now if it was star wars live cali would be there like white on rice yeah they'd have to pick a spot they'd have to get spock and then dark vader oh my god yeah, Callie would be over there doing like her Ewok imitations. This is what I have yop, to fucking deal with. Yop, yop. <laughs> okay, cable guy. I think the cable guy is calling me. These okay. these idiots do not know the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, anyway, that's kind of our plan for this weekend is to do like a. Uh, my, at least my my friends and I were gonna basically pull wedding crashers and go to like four different parties. And by friends, you mean. Who? I have my roommate, and then there's that other friend, and then can I count Luke as a friend? Uh, <laughs> anyway, know. anyway, that's about it for this weekend. How about cool. you guys? My weekends, uh, I'm going to go to the. I'm, I'm going to go to. I'm going to the Christmas party tomorrow, and then Saturday uh, we have a very special Christmas party with Dave Castro. So we're going down. Dave Castro's having a pantsless, uh, uh, ugly Christmas sweater party. So it's something about speedos and sweaters. I'm really excited to go. Are you Are you really going to that, John? Yeah, I mean it's pantless. Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. No, uh, Davis. Yeah, no. Dave, Dave's having a Christmas party. I uh, I heard Glassman's having a Christmas party on Sunday, but unfortunately we didn't get invited to that one, which I'm a little upset about. But uh, don't worry, Callie. The band will cruise by on Saturday. There'll be a honk, and if you want to come, we'll pick you up. I know. I remember what happened the first time the van swung by and I didn't come out. You guys basically told me that my career dissipation light was in overdrive. I believe that's what your exact words were. So I will never deny the van ever again. Next time the van rolls up and I hear that diesel idling outside my window, I'm throwing on my slippers and I'm coming right out. (laughs) Are we good? I got to roll. All right. That wraps it up. Another exciting episode 36. Almost been doing this for a year. 36, that's McQuilkin's age. Allegedly. 
Uh, Tex wishes that was his inseam of his pants, too, but <laughs> unfortunately it's not. It's my waistline. <laughs> I was going to say that's from the top of your head down to your feet is about 36 inches. Uh. He's, just a, he's just a wee little guy. <laughs> All right. I, I got to deal with some stuff. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Later. Okay, later. Anything else, Chris? Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. Crazy. Luke, Luke's back in to deal with the uh, cable guy. I think that's about it, though. Uh, 2013. 14. I'm just wrapping it up, 13. Oh. oh, yeah, last show of the year, potentially. Potentially. Last show of the year. Anything you want to say? <laughs> say something. Not really. Just one thing I want to plug really quick is I'm finalizing a lot of the details for a competition that we have coming up here in Southern California. It's going to be the first uh, exercise, we'll call it an exercising competition that's going to be held in Huntington Beach. And uh, basically it's going to benefit um, a charity called COPS as well as uh, a Wade, uh, the Wade's Army. So we're going to try to combine those two. Um, it's, it's been organized by some of the local fire departments and police departments and law enforcement. Um, there will be a law enforcement or badged division as well as a civilian division but um, we're looking for teams it's going to be may 17th and i know that's kind of far in advance but uh I'm pretty excited about it um it's mainly to benefit the families and the wives of these fallen badged law enforcement folks so uh, it goes all goes to charity it's a great cause and we'll have details coming up on power athlete about that uh, so if anyone's in Southern California, put May 17th on your calendar. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be right on the beach. We've got plenty of access to uh, some funky equipment, and uh, I think it'll be quite the experience. Plus, there's going to be an after party as well. Uh, we're in negotiations with uh, the Hyatt right over there to see if they can uh, cater a party for all of the competitors. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. I also thought that... This isn't going to be the last podcast of 2014 because we'll have uh, we'll have the week after Christmas. Oh yeah, okay. Then never mind. Forget it, people. <laughs> Second to last podcast. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna put put this one in the books. Let's do it. Let's do it. Have All right. Down. I miss you guys already. See you later. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See you later, guys. Thank you.